Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Well, hey, why don't we go before Lord in prayer before we uh, begin this morning. Just ask God for his wisdom and what we say today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, that you've given us your word to speak to our hearts today. We thank you, Lord, that you communicate to us through your word, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit that is our teacher. That, Lord, we're not sitting here paying attention to a human, but, God, we are listening for your voice and your word in our lives, God. We thank you for comfort, for teaching, for answers today, for people that needed uh, confirmation. God, I just pray in Jesus' name that they hear from you today. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen, amen. amen. Right? So, because the Holy Spirit's the teacher, right? Not us. Anyway, I mean, that's kind of important to remember. He is our teacher, right? From the scriptures, that's... He teaches that, he's the one that teaches us, and he's the one that brings all things to remembrance. And so as we turn to our Bibles today, Proverbs 20, verse 27, that's where we're going to start. I just want to remind you, so we're starting uh, our Experiencing God, it's what we're doing as a church. I, very rarely have I done this um, before where I've asked the whole church to do this at the same time, but I just really felt uh, strong that this is something we should do. Now, this is, so people ask, like, there's a lot of different ones you can get, there are, but really there's not. It's just, you understand, uh, when something gets hot, publishers say, let's make more of it. It, it. I mean, you know, we have a number of different things you can get. But we bought, <clears throat> for us, a little family devotion. Haley's going through it. It's very simple. It's not the same thing. This is the one that if you want to do it as as what we're talking about, going through it together, this is the one you want. It's You can see the thickness of it because it's meant to be taken daily. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. It's meant to be taken daily. Like, it is a, this is not something you can kind of speed through if you speed through it it won't work like you it's a daily thing and 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 it, it will be i'm going to warn you right now if you, it will be simple for some of you at first this is not intended to be some deep theological mysterious thing where you come out with like wow i mean i feel like the angels of god just come it, it might be that what happens i don't know i'm not denying that i'm just saying that it's not intended to make something difficult. It is intended for you to hear God. Structured in a way for you to hear from the Holy Spirit. And I know what, you know, sometimes it's like, well, it can't be that easy. Well, I, my thought was this, and this is on the picture. This has been, when I did it 20-something years ago, this was the, it wasn't the same jacket cover. So that's why you see multiple ones. Publishers know that things get old, so you change the color of it. Because it's new and that's fresh and it makes it sell. Christian publishing is a business like every other publishing company okay they know what they're doing so if you see the one with moses on you see the one that's burgundy they're all pretty much the same thing if you look at it and just say what's the 12 session bible study that's the one you want you want the one that's the workbook okay you don't want the leader guide the leader guide is for the leader unless you're leading a small group which leads me to my next thing if you have not yet led a small group um and you want to lead one i'm going to show you how to do it and um if you want to take a picture of this if you're some of you guys are looking at that i'll leave it up leave this up for a minute guys if you don't mind so the first round we did this they were sold out we found a place christianbook.com they were sold out so it, it here's why apparently there's a number of churches in town doing the same thing now let me just i want to say something about that before you think well that why would did y'all just plan that we did not no one had it. I did not tell anybody in my pastoral connection group of friends we were doing this. Now, here's what I would get from that. Here's one little nugget from this study. 
Find out where God's at work and join him in what he's doing. Now, let me just ask you a question. If three to four to five churches in your city are going to do the same thing and no one said anything to each other about it, they all just picked it. Don't that sound like maybe God's at work? Maybe you want to join him in what he's doing. You see what I'm saying, right? Now, you might think, well, that's just too simple, Pastor Jody. God's not that complicated. He just isn't. We make him complicated. Religion makes him complicated. Anyway, I'm just telling you right now, I would get this book, and especially if you are trying to hear from God and you want to know God's will on something, or you're just trying to get closer to the Lord, I'm telling you, this is not complicated. The most complicated thing about doing it is you have to slow down, take the time, five or ten minutes maybe out of your day, and actually slow down and read it and do it. It's not hard, but it is purposefully intended for you to slow down and hear from God. So anyway, so group leaders, so let me show you this. Uh, if you want to be a small group leader, we, we would love to have more of you in our church lead small groups. And here's how you do it. We'll put a, I think we have something we can show you on the screen. I think we did this, um, show you how to do it. If you go to our website, maybe not. But, um, oh, here we go. So check this out. Watch. He's showing you right now what to do. You go to the groups. Look at that. There's James and Sheila. They lead groups. Look at that. Are you interested in leading a group? Look at that. Little link right there. How do you lead a small group? There's Yoshi. He's moved. And so uh, we still love Yoshi, though. He's a great photogenic kind of guy, so we keep him around. There's how you lead a small group. <clears throat> right there, you put your name in. There's John. John Smith. Don't you love that? John Smith probably hates the fact his name gets used a lot. But there's John. There's his email if you want to email him. You know, ask John a question. Don't do that because I don't know who, what John that is. That, we just did this for your example. So you can see right there. So now you submit it. That was easy. Look how long that took. Now, they're a pro back there. They did that quick. But let's just be honest. You probably could do that just as quick, right? So if you want to lead a small group, we'd love to have you. That's all you have to do. But we're going to ask that everybody in our church do this. And let me just say, if you can't, we'll have small groups available. You can join and be a part of it. If you can't lead one, I'm going to ask you to join one. And it, and I'm not going to, I'm going to be as, as sweet as I can, okay? Uh, what do you do? You catch more uh, something with honey? How's it go? Yeah, I never understood why you want to catch flies anyway. But anyway, yeah, I'd rather have the bees than the, hunt, the flies. But nonetheless, you get the point. It's, it's sweet, okay? I'm going to be sweet. So please don't tell me I don't have time. Uh, that will not get a great response from me because I will probably say, well, I don't either. Who has time for anything? You have the time that you make for. It's only valuable when you make the time for what you do. It's Time is, the, you have the same, here's the beautiful thing about time. You can be the most affluent person in the room or the most lowest economic scale person based on money. And there would be a difference. Your lifestyle, what you buy, what you sell, uh, there would be a difference. But when it comes to time, it's equal. If they have millions and you have dollars, you have the same amount of time. That one thing you are completely equal on. And I'm saying with the Lord, he looks at that. And he, he, he looks at it and says, let's see what you'll do with it. <clears throat> because in that one thing, you can't say, well, it's not fair. Well, no. There's nothing fair about time. Right? So let's not have the excuse of, I don't have the time, I'm too busy, because I'm just telling you right now, that won't get a great response from me, because I, I don't know if anybody's got the time for anything, unless you make uh, the, the slot open. So anyway, do that for me. I'd love for you to be a part. And we'll start this. I think the dates, um, are they on the screen, guys? Do you have the dates, the start dates? I think it's at the end of the month. If y'all do, you can put it up. If not, um, it's, it's towards the end of the month. After we get through the first month of the year, we take time to pray. And as Gary was saying a while ago, so 
You can do that and join us in praying and fasting, whatever it is God's leading you to do. But I just really feel like my heart was this. On the front of this is there's a burning bush. And so my thought was this. Well, how, how awesome would it be if God had more Christians in the city uh, having burning bush moments? Where God was speaking more to you personally than waiting on God to speak through a person to you. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying how much more... Uh, how much greater would it be in our community if more Christians were hearing from God? I just think that would be a wonderful thing. So well, I'm excited to see what God will do with that. So anyway, let's go to Proverbs 20 and uh, verse 27. <clears throat> and we're going to start um, part two of the lantern. That's the series that we're in. And this is all about, um, as we're going through this, I wanted to prepare you in this series. So when you start experiencing God, you're, you're a little further along and ready. So you don't think about some of the things that, that I used to think about when I, especially when I wanted to try to hear from the Lord. So, in Proverbs 20, verse 27, we'll read this. I'm putting it on the screen for you. Uh, in this New American <clears throat> Standard Bible, it says, The spirit of man is the lamp, or, and we're calling it the lantern, and I'll tell you why as we go forward in it. The lantern of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. So the spirit of man is the lamp, or the lantern of the Lord, searching all the innermost part of his being. Now, that's the New American uh, Standard Bible. If you look at a King James, a New King James maybe a, a little bit older translation, it'll say something like this. It'll say uh, that the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, at which he searches all the innermost part of his belly. And so when you read that, you think, well, his belly, like, you know, indigestion or something, that's kind of weird, right? Like, what's he talking about? But you understand they had ways of of communicating, and when they used the word belly, they meant the deepest part of you, the innermost part of your being. And it... With the Lord, if I use one of these lamps again, I'm going to try to illustrate this a little bit so you can kind of see. This is a candle, but it's totally LED, so if you're uh, worried about fire hazards or whatever, there's nothing real fire over here, okay? We don't do that for that reason. But, uh, you ever seen those uh, shows where people did, and they accidentally got the drapery too close to the cool little candles, and poof, I mean, the church is on fire, literally. The church is on fire, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't blame the Lord on that. But... If you get the picture of this, the, the, the scriptures say that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, the candle of the Lord. So it, what we said last week is God speaks directly to your spirit. Now, it may not be paragraphs, but he communicates not up here. This picks up on what God's doing, your mind, but he's communicating it here because this is the part of you that's been born again, is your spirit. You are a born again believer. If you're a Christian, you're a born again believer. Now, if you're not a Christian, this gets really complicated, as I'll share in just a moment. But when you look at, when you have a lamp, what that, that tells you is if, if God is saying your spirit is the lamp of the Lord, imagine, if I'm the Lord, okay, but this would be, in a sense, the guiding, he's giving the guidance through your spirit on where to go, what's coming next, those kinds of things. That's why Jesus said the Holy Spirit will show you, you, Things to come in your spirit. He'll reveal his truth to you. It's why you cannot read a Bible verse in 10 years and all of a sudden you talk to somebody and that verse comes right back and you say something to them about it and they go, wow, man, that was awesome. How'd you know? And you're like, I haven't read that in 10 years. Well, that wasn't you and your brilliance. Recollecting a file folder from 10 years back. That's the Holy Spirit. But that's in working with people. What about when God's working with you? So it is what I call it like this. If you're using a lantern, that means it's probably dark outside. 
or it's wherever you're looking. If you're using a flashlight or wherever, it's dark, right? And the idea is this. The lantern is not a flashlight. It is a lantern because in their culture, it would have been a lamp, an oil lamp. And it was a very, not a very bright lamp. It means it was illuminating just enough so you could see. You're not going to see 20 years down the road. You know, you're doing good, right, if you see a week down sometimes. But God illuminates and reveals things to you. And it is like this. It is a bit of a discovery process. Now, I don't know if you love playing these kind of games, but there's these, uh, like, Clue. You know what I'm talking about? Those, uh, the board game, the Clue. You guys ever played this before, right? I know you have, right? You've played it, right? Clue. Okay. How many have played it recently? Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, if you got kids, you probably have. Man, those things, we, let's just put it this way. We don't even know where the lead pipe is anymore. We've had to make up <laughs> murder weapons at this point. I mean, they are pieces of paper that are, we've lost the lead pipe. I mean, I don't know if it's Colonel Mustard that took it or what, but we, it's gone. And I'm just too frugal to go buy another board for a stupid lead pipe. So to me, it's like, just write on a piece of paper, there's your lead pipe. You know, it's not as fun, it's not as cool. But at this point, we're losing murder weapons like crazy. We're down to like maybe three. So, you know, if you got any spare laying around you don't want, just throw them at your brother. All right? Like, you know what I mean? Help me out. I'm just kidding. But like, it's weird how you, it's like Monopoly. Monopoly, you, you can't go without those cards. You know, you can make up another one. But you kind of need some of that stuff, the money and all that kind of Clue, you kind of get rid of a few murder weapons and still keep going. But in our family, here's the way it works. Haley is like the super sleuth. Do you know what I'm talking about? So, like, she is really good with this stuff. And I mean to tell you, like, when I say really good, our kids have no hope whatsoever. <laughs> Fooling. Now, they might pull something over on me, not because I'm gullible. I just don't have the spotty sense on go like she does every day. Like, every day. It's on right now. I guarantee it's on right now. She's probably, right now she's already 10 steps ahead of me trying to figure out where's he going with this. Like, you are too, but she's, like, she was there before you even started. I'm just telling you right now. She's a super sleuth. And she is figuring this thing as we're playing. She's got it. I mean, she knows. I think she already knows like five rounds before, but she's just waiting to just nail the coffin down. Like, it's just like she knows it, but she's not going to reveal her hand too quick. Man, me, I just want to win. I really don't care. I just want to win. And so we were doing this. This hurts me sometimes in games because all I, it's like the song, really, all I do is, it's all I think about. I just want to win, 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 win. That's all I want to do. So we were at a leadership thing, training. We were up at the, up at Windshape and they were helping us with pastors and we, all of our pastor friends are in there. And this is what they gave us. Let me show you this first picture. They gave us a table full of Legos. All right. Now, as a kid, I loved Legos, thought they were fun. <clears throat> and so these little Legos are, came in a bag and there they are. So there's, you get a little bag of Legos, you get a ball and some other fun stuff like that. And here's what the object of the thing was. So here's what you're going to do. You take these Legos and what you're going to do is you're going to assemble a structure uh, in like one minute or something like that. I don't know. These guys over here, you know, we finished ours. They thought they were overachievers. I looked at it and thought, that'll never stand. My thought is, he's not winning. Forget that. I got him. So I built mine with a base big enough to hold the stuff, knocked it all out, finished it. And the guy leading that thing, he's a former Navy SEAL, and, and you know, he's like no nonsense whatsoever. To get him to crack a smile, it takes a lot. You know what I'm saying? He's serious. So all of a sudden, he looks around, he's asking the question, and, uh, you know, what'd you guys think? What'd you think? I said, well, I was just, you know, trying to win. And he said, who told you it was a race? I said, well, 
why would we be assembling Legos as grown men? Like, it's obviously a race. You said we had one minute. He said, you had one minute, but it doesn't mean you're in a race. He says, funny, you thought it was a race. This guy thought it was um, about aesthetics. The other guy thought it was more like the use of all but the ball. I mean, it was very interesting how some people thought differently. Some people are naturally, like Haley, like a discovery type person. Always learning about something, always looking at something, always evaluating. Putting the pieces together to say, aha, I figured it out. Some of us, like me, you may be different. I'm just trying to get there. I'm not really trying. I just want to win it. Others in here, maybe you're in here, you're like, I just want to make it look pretty. I just, whatever your thought process is, I guarantee if you did that exercise, you'd all come up with something a little bit different. But the Lord, when he speaks to your spirit, it is a discovery process. It's almost like playing Clue, but in a, (laughs) without the murder weapons, you're piecing things together. God never reveals his whole hand. He gives you a piece of it, and you think, well, okay, uh, I think it's Colonel Mustard. And I'm telling you, if you don't put things together with God, he, sometimes he just leaves it there. Like He really intends on you to work with him to figure out where he's at work. He doesn't say, like Moses, Jody, come close, my son. Let me expound unto you the wisdom of the ages. That's not what he does. Instead, he gives you a clue that says, I really would like for you to read Matthew chapter 5 today. And here's what we do. Is it not? This is what we do. Oh, why, why, I don't have time to read Matthew 5. I've already read Matthew 3. I don't have time. Why is that even on my, oh, that's just me. That was pizza. That was yogurt. That was the Kato, whatever diet, lack of carbs. I don't know what it is. It's, why do we do that? I mean, think about this. Have you ever thought about this? Why would you? Come up with the idea to read Matthew chapter 5. And at the other flip side of this, some people say, sometimes, well, it's just the devil. He's trying to, you know, he's trying to put things in my head. Well, if he did, what's it going to hurt if you read Matthew 5? Stick it in his eye. You know, like, why would it matter? We talk ourselves out of some of the smallest promptings of the Holy Spirit because we think it was pizza or something I read or a podcast or whatever And we miss a clue with God. And sometimes those clues are small. They're not deep. And they're not heavy. But that one gives you one that you had last week. And it gives you one that you had a month ago. Before long, you've got three or four. And you go, oh, I didn't see that coming. But God doesn't reveal his whole hand at once, okay? So, First of all, let me just say this. God communicates to our spirit. If you didn't hear last week, go back and listen to last week's message. He communicates to your spirit. That's how he's talking to you today. That's important to know. As a born-again believer, he's talking to right here. This up here is a little unreliable. Your mind goes with whatever. It, your soul is basically the, the, the kind of, you know, whatever is one is fed the most is what it goes with. Feed your spirit. Your mind says, okay, sounds weird. But if you want to pray, I guess we'll pray. If your flesh is in charge, your mind says, okay, we're not praying, no problem. Potato chips today, baby, it's great. It doesn't care. It just goes with whichever one is dominant. That's what it will do, okay? And then your emotions will follow because of that. So anyway, so if you know that your God communicates to your spirit, then you've got to trust your spirit. Now I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures that people give me from time to time that try to 
convince me this is not supposed to be true. And you probably have thought this or may have heard this before. But in Jeremiah, this is what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah seventeen nine. He says, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. One translation says it's desperately wicked. Who can understand it? And therefore, we read that and hear that. And so some people will say, you can't trust your own spirit. I disagree. Because that's under an old covenant dispensation, if you will. That is speaking to people who do not have the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah did not have the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah had the Holy Spirit come upon him to minister. Made him cry a lot, apparently. He's called the weeping prophet, you know. But whatever, I mean, the Holy Spirit makes different people feel different things. But apparently for him it was tears, you know. Uh, but it was more going on that. But anyway, he, he did not have what you have. He didn't have the Holy Spirit within. He had the Holy Spirit upon for a season and for a purpose, but that was it. But the heart is deceitful. If you are an unbeliever, I will tell you, you will be jacked up if you try to follow your heart and you don't know Jesus. It will lead you in all kind of weird directions. But once you're saved, I'm telling you, you can trust uh, your spirit. Matthew 4 and verse 5, this is one of the oldest tricks of the enemy. He did the same thing to Jesus. So why don't you look, I'll put it on the screen for you. If you want to mark it, um, you know, there on your on your uh, phone or Bible or whatever you want to do. But... Um, this is the same thing that the devil did to Jesus. And he does this to Christians all day long. Matthew 4, verse 5, says, Then the devil took Jesus up into the holy city. This is Jerusalem. <clears throat> and he said, it took him to the holy city, and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. Now, why this is important to understand, if you were to go to Israel, you would see this. The pinnacle of the temple, I don't know how else to explain this, but today it's still there. The temple mount, the foundation, if you will, is still there. It's now uh, occupied at the very top. If you've seen a picture of the Dome of the Rock, that's a the Muslim, uh, uh, you know, kind of a structure that was built. There's a lot of variations about different things, but that's a structure built on top of the 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 courtyard, if you will. That's the flat. That's not the height, full height. The temple would have been much higher than that. It would have dwarfed that little thing they got up there. But the foundation is still there. And when you're in Jerusalem, if you come up the hill and as you're going through where Jesus would have come up. The corner of the temple mount is over a ridge. That ridge is hundreds and hundreds of feet. I don't. I, I would. I should probably look it up when they tell you, but you can probably Google get the information. It's hundreds, and hundreds of feet down to the valley. So it's on a hill. The temple's on a hill. The foundation's up higher. It's stories higher. I can't. I don't know how I should look this stuff up. I don't know how many. Probably four stories high, maybe, maybe fifty. You know, maybe 50 feet to 60 feet, maybe more of the temple, the flat part. But once you look over that pinnacle where he's talking about, where he took Jesus, it is hundreds of feet down. And he was saying to him right here at this moment, he took them there, and I'll explain why. And he said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, on the other hand, this is really important uh, as, a, as a believer. Have you ever used this word, on the other hand? Yeah. Well, on the other hand, it's, you're, you're, it's not like you're indecisive, but you're saying, well, you know, I'd love to go get a cheeseburger today. On the other hand, I probably had four this week, probably not a good idea. I'd love to go get some tacos. On the other hand, I'm not a big fan of Americanized Latino food. Once you have the real thing, it's not as good. 
as the real thing. Once you have the real thing, you don't really want the commercialized stuff. Not picking on your favorite restaurant. But anyway, on the other hand, it's, it's, it's like, well, there's, so Jesus says, on the other hand, I hear what you're saying, but it is also written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. It's like on a coin, if, if I had a coin, if you look at heads and tails, football games, they flip, what do you want, heads or tails? Team calls out heads, team calls out tails. They flip it. Okay, whichever one they pick, that's the one that wins the toss. They go with their decision on which way they want to play. But Jesus is saying, on the other hand, meaning, please don't ever take one thing you hear and never contrast that or look at it and examine it with other scripture. Because this is what people say. Well, you can't trust your heart. Well, if you're not saved, you can't. If you're flesh ruled, you probably can't. I mean, if you're going to be a Christian who never loves God, doesn't serve God, doesn't really have any you know, desire to follow the Lord, I would say, yes, don't trust your heart. I don't think anybody in here is in that position. I, mean, I think if you get up on Sunday morning and come to church, you're probably wanting to follow God. That's my assumption. Therefore, I would say, why not believe in what God has done in your heart and in your spirit more than what you had in the past? That your heart can be trusted. I didn't say you should follow your own heart and your own life. Follow God, but trust it when he's speaking to your heart. Why is this important? Because on the other hand, the heart is deceitfully wicked, Pastor Jody. Yes, I know that. But on the other hand, let me give you another scripture. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord. Watch this. With all of your... Oh, wow. How about that? Trust in the Lord with all of your mind. Boy, because you're really good at thinker. No. Because your mind isn't going to pick up on all that God's doing sometimes. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, which is your mind. But in all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. This is a lot about trusting the Lord more than it is about us figuring Him out. Sometimes my mind goes, I don't know why we're doing this. This makes no sense to me. Please help me understand why we're doing this. You know, your, your mind does it too, right? Am I the only one that, that has a mind that runs like and asks a bunch of questions? Is it just me? Anybody else in here has a mind that does that? Okay, good. I thought, I just want to make sure because if, if, if it was just me, I'll just walk off now and, you know, y'all must be fine, okay? No, your mind will tell you all kind of stuff. Why would you tithe? Are you crazy? There's no point in this. Why would you do this? Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. As you're writing a check. But your heart goes like, that's pretty cool. Like, it's just pretty cool. Your mind's going, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. It's funny, right? Anything you do, pick anything you want. I don't care. Prayer. Oh, why would I show up to prayer? Why would I show up to pray? Why we don't do this? Why would we do this? Why would we do this? Your heart goes, this is nice. But your mind says, why? All the time. Going to buy that. You already bought it. Amazon or whatever, bought it from wherever, you're, you're experiencing God's study. Your mind goes, that's $20, that's $20, that's $20, that's $20. Yeah, yeah but you'll spend 20 bucks on a coffee and think nothing about it. Because your body goes like, ooh, boy, that's good. Man, let's get another, let's make it a big one. $10 cup of coffee, we think nothing about it. Buy a $20 Bible study to follow the Lord and your brain will go, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. What does that tell you? The mind doesn't get it, but the heart will say, ah, this is cool. Now, isn't that funny how that is? It tells us that we're probably a little bit more trained in our, in our flesh, if you will, than, than in our, our spirit. And the thing about the mind is this, and I'm going to keep going after this, but the mind 
will understand the discovery or the process of picking up clues. That's where it starts to get ground. It will never understand the promptings of the Holy Spirit. It will never understand why you came to church today. But it will put together the clues of, once you develop a relationship with people, you go through a trial, it says, wait a minute, those people pray with me. Wait a minute, when I was struggling, I didn't know how to put two and two together. They said, hey, have you ever thought about this with your family? It worked. Your mind says, hey, that worked, that worked. It it puts together pieces of the puzzle. But your spirit, it doesn't need to put together a hundred pieces. It just says, let's follow God. Let's trust God. But in all your ways, he says, to acknowledge the Lord. And he'll help you. All right, so let's look at the next thing. If God, if you can trust your spirit, you need to understand why this is so important. Because God moves your spirit. This is where God is prompting. This is where he's moving. And this is where he speaks. So in John's gospel, let's look at John chapter 11, verse 33. And I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts here. But it says that Jesus therefore saw her weeping. This is um, in reference to Lazarus when he died. Jesus shows up on the scene. He sees people there. And let me just kind of set the stage before I go into reading further. Understand, Jesus had healed other people that were sick and were dead. You understand? He, this was not the first miracle that had taken place of someone who had died and been brought back to life. The difference in this one is this. This one had been in the tomb for days. Enough to where the family said to him later on, uh, by now, he stinketh. That's the King James. That's how they call it. He stinks. Don't open the door. Everybody else was still kind of not cold, if you will. They lost their life, but it came back. This one was death was reigning over the situation. So when Jesus gets on the scene, he sees them weeping. He says he sees her weeping, and then the Jews who came with her also were weeping. And the, the interesting verse, it says, he was deeply moved in the spirit, and he was troubled. The word moved there, I'll read it to you in a second, but we'll finish the scripture, and I want to give you, but he was moved in the spirit. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. So don't think Jesus isn't moved by pain, because he is. He's moved by pain just like you are. So he says this, the Jews who were saying, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man also from dying? So in other words, they knew he had healed the blind. He ra- they knew he had healed the sick, and he also had raised the dead. But in their minds, because they had been in- encapsulated in the tomb, game over. That's the way everyone was thinking. And Jesus said, uh, or says, so Jesus, verse 38, again, this is the second time, being deeply moved within, he came to the tomb. And it was a cave and a stone was laying against it. But watch, second time, he was moved. And this word, I don't, I'm not going to try to pronounce this for you, but it is a Greek word. The word moved here is a long Greek word. I'm trying to pronounce this thing. Starts with an E. You can look it up. But it means this, it means to have indignation, it means to sigh, not like, but it's the kind of like, it's like when your team is losing and something else happens that's really stupid, and you like, if you're really into it, you're like, come on, man, I mean, you're talking, and you're not, they don't hear you, they don't know you're there, you're in front of a TV screen, but you are wound up, are you not? Come on, like... Catch it! What are you doing? I don't want to go to church next week and hear them say that to me. Win, please! You know, you're just so... But they don't hear you. 
But you are so worked up. This is that word. One of the words it's used to explain it is it actually means to, kind of interesting, to snort, S-N-O-R-T, with anger. So it, it likens it to, if you look it up in, uh, in W. Vines, some of their illustrations, it likens it to this. If you've ever seen an animal, think of a bull. If you've ever been around, if you haven't, maybe go to Berry College. I don't know if they have, you know, I don't know if the Berry bulls are like this. I don't know if they may be docile and sweet little you know, cattle, I don't know. But if you're getting around one, you ever seen on TV when they snort and they do like that or a horse does it? You ever seen an animal like on TV do this kind of thing? There's this like standoff moment where you as a human probably look at it and say, yeah, just like I'm going to stand outside of the gate. That one looked weird. It means you are really, you're intense, you're controlled, but you or on the verge of losing it. Is that close? Jesus did not sin. But let me just ask you a question. He's the son of God. He knows who he is. And death is saying, I'm in charge here. How do you think he responded? Why do you think he was so angry when he got up to that, that stone and said, move that thing out of the way? It wasn't just this moment where he was going to heal somebody. Death was trying to rule and reign over everything. And Jesus is saying, no. And he was moved by the spirit. This same thing happened to Paul. If you look this up, you can find us all throughout your Bible. I'm going to give you another one. Acts 17, verse 16. This is Paul. The same thing took place. It says, now, Paul was waiting for these individuals at Athens. His spirit was being provoked. It's the same, uh, not exact same word, but the same connotation. It means similar to the same thing. But Paul, why was he so provoked within him? Where at? In his mind, no, in his spirit. As he was observing the city full of idols it's what we have you ever heard this term righteous indignation have you ever heard raise your hand if you've heard this term if not i'm gonna i'm gonna see how many people have heard it okay so you have heard it and sometimes it's used just an excuse to get mad you know i'll just have some righteous indignation whatever but you know it when you sense it it's when you walk through your city and you see something that's so painful to people it bothers you and if you see it enough, it gets you to the point where it's bothered you to the point where you no longer can handle it. And you're a bit like Popeye. Do y'all remember Popeye? It's an old school cartoon. I know it's a throwback a little bit. You might have to check Boomerang out and show it to your kids, your grandkids, whatever. But Popeye, he was a sailor man. Remember him? Popeye, a sailor man, right? And, and he is strong because he eats his spinach. And he can eat his spinach through the pipe. He can suck it through his ears. I don't know how it worked, but in the animation, he could eat spinach any way he could get it. He was always in problem, in troubles, right? Remember? But when Popeye had had enough, he said this. This is what, funny words, grammatically totally incorrect, but he said, I've stood all as I can stands, and I can't stands no more. And all of a sudden, that little scrawny, biceped Popeye, but had the forearms of a bulldozer. You know, weirdest thing I've ever seen animation-wise. This brother had no biceps. I mean, he must have just like done this all day long. Yeah, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. You know, and no biceps. He eats his spinach. And after that, Bluto, his arch enemy, which is like 10 times bigger than him, Popeye smacks him around, ties him up, shoots him across the sky like a bow and arrow. And he rescues his love of his life, <laughs> olive oil. You just, 
Young man, listen, you need to go check this out. I'm just saying right now, you know what I'm saying? I know you look at me like, who is Papa? I'm t- go check this out with your parents' approval. You will laugh so hard. It will be worth it all. It is not digitized at all. So why am I saying that? Because that is an illustration of there are sometimes when you have stood all you can stand, and I can't stand no more. And that, my friends, is called something in here has now gotten you to the place where you're at a moment. And I'm not going to give away the, some of the stuff and the experience of God, but there's some key indicators in that. What are you going to do with that? Because you could do like the people on TV and talk about it all day long, bring on interviews, line them up one by one by one, hear them whine, complain, criticize this group of people and this group criticize that group of people, and then nothing ever happens except ratings go up and they make a lot of money on the TV. It doesn't change a thing. You'd be like those people, or you could figure out what can I do to remedy this issue. One of the things got to change. Either I got to stop feeling this way, or I got to put some so, so, something out there to start changing the situation around me. Both were moved by their own spirit. Understand that this was God speaking to their. They were moved by their spirit. God did not move them. They were moved by their own spirit. This is important because this was not knowledge from study. This was a move of the Holy Spirit to their spirit, and they picked it up. Because your spirit moves toward or away from things. This is why you need to trust your spirit. It's why, I'm telling you, now, I ain't trying to be ooky spooky, but I am going to just break it down just a little bit further here. This is why, if you are a Christian, and you're in a family, sometimes Halo says, this, like, I just don't know about that. If she goes, I don't know about that, man, for me, at this point now, I just quit arguing with it. Because something is, whatever is bothering her, I know, all right, well, we might need to check this out. But you can't ignore that. Sometimes people, if you remember the stories of 9-11, do you remember how many people had these odd coincidental things happen? I mean, Pastor Victor, you should hear his stories about being there when this happened. He was there. Driving right near. He was a limo driver at the time. He was a limo. He gave him to tell you his story one day. Should have been around, but wasn't. There was all kinds of people that day that were supposed to have been working. thing was supposed to be max capacity. For whatever reason, the thing wasn't even a quarter full. Now, it's a tragedy what happened. And it doesn't mean that the people that were there didn't hear. That's not what that means. But what I'm saying is, if you ever listen to these stories of people go like, for some reason, I felt like I just had to go this way today. Or just seemed like, and that's all they have. They are not the most spiritually mature person. They don't have this great pedigree of theology on their background. But they say something like, man, I just felt like, and they tell you this story. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. What made you do that? Just sensed in my heart that I should. And that's it. But how many times, man, I could tell you story after story after story where I have overlooked that. And thought, oh, that's just nerves. You know, you ever bought a car that you thought, oh, I'm just nervous about it. And then you get it and you think, man. That was a mistake. Wonder who that was talking to you. 
And thank God God gives you those little things like cars and stuff. to. So hopefully he's what he's hoping is we'll pick up on this spirit-to-spirit communication and realize God's not sitting in your bathroom with you writing stuff on the wall, on the mirror in the morning to give you direction. That's not how it works. He prompts you, gives you whispers, if you will, gives you these leadings, indicators, but it's right here, and sometimes you can't even explain it. You tell somebody, it might take you 30 minutes to explain what God prompted you in your heart, and you're doing your best. And they look at you like, huh? It's because he didn't talk to them about it. But don't overlook what's going on in here because your spirit moves toward or away from things. That's why you need to trust it. It's what we call, last week I said, the Holy Spirit gives you a witness in your heart that you're a Christian. He also gives you a witness to go towards that. You might want to move away from that. Y'all with me, right? Y'all tracking? It's not hard, but it's kind of foreign to our culture. Because if you try to say this to some people, they'll go like, that's weird, man. I had to tell you, most of Christianity sounds pretty weird. You might as well just kind of get a little closer to that side of it. So anyway, again, if you're not a Christian, you can't trust your spirit. I'm, I agree. But if you're a Christian, your spirit is born of God and your spirit hears from God. And therefore, you can trust the Holy Spirit and you can trust the leading that God has given you in your spirit. So, allow the Lord and the Holy Spirit to light up some areas in your life. And I would start right here with this study. You would be surprised if you would take that step and just trust this process. What God would do over the next you know, 12 to 13 weeks, however long it takes when we start. You would be shocked if you would just take one step towards God in that area. You say, why, Pastor why, why that? Why can't I do my own thing? Well, you can do your own thing. But the, sometimes the, it's not because I'm saying it. Sometimes, I'm just telling you, sometimes there is something about corporately doing something together. And letting the Lord work through things that is different than you just do it on your own. Because when you're on your own, no one else is talking to you about what you're doing. If corporately you're in it together, you're feeding off of one another and what you're studying. And the Lord is working. That's why many times, guys, when you read the book of Acts, it's why they did more than we do. Because they were together. Scriptures say that they came there. They had bread together. They made, take, made meals together. They cooked. They ate together. They spent time together. But they were also in one accord. They were in agreement. They didn't have time to get in disagreement. They were being persecuted. We don't have so much persecution, so we have more disagreement. If we had more persecution, we wouldn't have near the disagreement. I promise you that. That'd end that real quick. Because you'd be like, man, y'all got to pray for me. Why? They chase me. They're, they're on my, I can't go home. It changes everything in your faith. So, God moves on your spirit. And then, let me just say this. <clears throat> last thing. How do you, what do you know? Or, or, let me say this way. How can you know what to do when God is moving on your spirit then? Well, this is where the trust comes in because this is going to sound a little, I don't want to say sacrilegious, but this is going to sound a little out there, maybe. But God is trusting you too. You can trust your spirit and you can trust what God's putting in there, but God is putting a lot of trust out there for you too. He's trusting me. That we'll, we'll follow him. So let me, let, me, um, let me read this to you out of 1 Corinthians 3 and we'll wrap up with these last thoughts. So Paul is uh, speaking to this church in Corinth. The church in Corinth was a very, uh, well, they were very fleshly ruled 
but they had a lot of spiritual giftings. Which, let me just break this down. Spiritual giftings, miracles, signs, and wonders don't denote spiritual maturity. If anything, Corinthians will teach you that. Just because you can work a miracle doesn't mean you're a saint. The scripture is very clear about this. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are given as he wills. So somebody gives you a prophetic word and then you turn around they're you know, laid out smoking dope somewhere. Don't look at that and say, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying trust what they said either. But at the same time, it's probably a pretty extreme example. But it's why when you look at somebody, you go like, well, these preachers, what happened to them? You know, I thought they were a preacher good and then they fail. Well, just because they fail, don't deny the word of God. I don't build my life on a preacher. Don't build my life on an organization. I don't build my life on anybody else. I build my life on Jesus. I trust what he said about his church. He's working in his church. But just because you see somebody fall off the rocker and, and go off the you know, rails and stuff doesn't change your faith. If it does, that tells me one thing. You've built your life on somebody else's faith, not your own. You better build it on your trust in the Lord with your faith. But God is trusting you. You say, well, how is that possible? The Corinthian church, very fleshly ruled church. But man, they had miracles, signs, wonders, amazing stuff. They were also very paganistic in their culture. They came up from a very Gentile driven. We are Gentiles, but we are nothing like these guys. They had temple prostitutes. They had the most ungodly things taking place publicly in front of everybody that you've ever seen in your life. I mean, I don't like seeing that love shack sign down there or whatever. It's, I hate that junk. I wish they had some way to get rid of that crap. It just drives me crazy. Because it's, it's just embarrassing when you come to a city, first billboard you see is that. However, that's nothing. That is nothing compared to what these people had going on. They, whatever you thought you read in the Bible, it was going on here. And so no wonder you probably see more miracles because it's a very paganistic society. But this is what was going on in this church. So Paul says to them, watch this, 1 Corinthians, and this is in chapter 3 and verse 1. He says, And I, brethren, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual men, but to men, as to men of the flesh. So 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 3, verse 1. I couldn't speak to you as... Isn't it funny how he said, I couldn't speak to you as unto spiritual men? You notice where he went first was here. I couldn't speak to you here. Because, why? He said, because you were men of flesh, carnal, as to infants or babes in Christ. So he said, here's what I did. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Therefore, indeed, now even, you are not yet able, for you are still what? Fleshly. He's saying, I gave them milk to grow, but they didn't grow because they're still fleshly, so now I still can't give them meat. For how do you know this is true? If you want to locate, if you're on milk or meat, here's how you know. Because if there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? Mere men, it means that are you not walking like the culture around you? For when one person says, one means a Christian. When a Christian says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? You're acting like the culture. It means, I like the Falcons, I like Tampa Bay. Well, we're going to fight over it. Well, we get discredited. That's, it's a ball game. That's, being, that's normal. We, we're going to pull for our team, right? We pull for Georgia. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it was real nice. Anyway, sorry, just a little side note. But it was nice. I mean, anyway, don't have time to rub that any, but it was fun. 
But if I come into my faith and I treat a spiritual leader like a coach, and I don't mean not to diminish, but I'm saying I put him up against another spiritual leader, and I'm comparing him like a team or a coach, and I'm saying, well, this one coach is better than that one. This one, I'm being flesh-driven. There are so many podcasts. Paul says there are so many voices out in this world and none are without significance. There's so many different things you could listen to, so many preachers, so many things you watch, so many churches. It is beyond belief in America how much you have. However, nothing wrong with that. Grow, learn, listen, you know, grow in your faith. But don't ever pit a spiritual leader against another spiritual leader. Because that spiritual leader has a gifting and a calling for that area he's preaching at. And if he's preaching on the backside of, you know, Italy somewhere... And that culture that he's preaching to is there. And he preaches the word and you pick it up on the inside of Georgia, Rome, Georgia. And you hear him talk and you pick up certain things and knowing that it's for that culture over there. But you try to bring it into this culture here and you fight with other spiritual leaders about it and why it won't or why it will. I'm just telling you, that's flesh driven. So Paul says if we do that, we're mere men. So what then is Apollos, he said, and what is Paul? But servants through whom you believed, as even the Lord gave an opportunity to each one. Now, here's what Paul says the better way to go is. I planted, Apollos watered, but watch, guys. God gave the increase. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So that neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but it is God who causes the growth. Let me just say it right now. I thank God for the people that have been in my life. I thank God for the spiritual leaders I have had in my life. And I have had some wonderful spiritual leaders. But I'm going to tell you right now, I thank God for their faithfulness. I thank God for their help. I thank God for their study. But I am no fool. It was the Holy Spirit that ministered to my spirit. It caused me to grow. It was God. It wasn't a man. It wasn't a woman. It wasn't flesh. It was the Spirit. And that's where we have got to get back to. to say, it is God talking to me. And that's why I'm growing, or that's why I'm hearing, or that's why I'm listening, whatever. It is God talking to me. It is not some human flesh that made me grow. It was God. And he says, now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. That means they have got their own responsibilities to answer to God for. But when we're in the body of Christ, we are working together. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. The word fellow workers is this. It is called a co Laborer. I don't know if you have it in your uh, translation there. Maybe yours says that, but we are co-laborers together through God. And one translation says through Christ. You are a co-laborer with God. Now, this is going to sound, like I said, this may sound a little far-fetched, but I, I want you to hear me before we go today. Jesus is no longer walking across the earth, going from town to town, preaching the gospel, and doing what you're seeing right now, which is a great program, by the way, The Chosen Event Center, you should go watch that. Great illustrations. But that's not his ministry anymore. That's a giving you an insight to back what happened years ago. You know who's out now walking around the earth? That's right, Angie. Us. Holy Spirit's in you. He's the one doing the work. He's the one out there now. But I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you do anything. He won't make you do anything. Who's walking around? You're walking now. And let me tell you something. He's with you wherever you go, but he's trusting us with this message. He's trusting us with this message. We are co-laborers together with God, and we have ownership in the mission, and we're not just depending on God. Watch this. He's depending on us. 
You may not think so. You may think, no, surely he wouldn't do that. I mean, he, he knows us. I mean, surely he wouldn't be depending on us, right? I mean, we really mess up stuff sometimes. Yes, we do, but it's the way he chose to do his work. It's the way he chose to do his work. So industry, this word uh, co-labor, it means this. It means a, another Greek word I'm going to pronounce starts with an S. Uh, we'll call it son. How about that? This is close enough. It means as a companion in labor, a fellow helper, a laborer together with a work fellow. It's kind of a funny name. It means you're working together. It means God's doing his part, you're doing his part. God's doing his part, you're doing your part. So, but if I don't believe that I can trust the work God's doing in my spirit, I won't work with him or even initiate a step towards his work, even though he may trust me in the process. See how important it is to, to really trust what God did in your spirit? It has real implications to it. It really does. Like, he's really with you right now. And I'm telling you guys, listen, you don't have to have some vision from God. All you need is a prompting that says, seems like maybe I ought to knock on my neighbor's door. Why would I do that? I don't know them. They have weird stuff in their front yard. I don't want to go over there. They're probably going to ask me a hundred questions. Why do I go to church? Why do I not? Oh, they're my friend from somewhere else. I don't know. You, your mind starts going, why, 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 why? But your heart is saying, sounds fun. Don't know what's going to happen, but it sounds fun. And isn't it funny? You will never know what will take place until you take a step towards whatever that is here. What would happen if they would open the door and they're crying? Because they had just gotten a call that Something medically was wrong. Now, I'm telling you right now, that would do something not only to them, that would do something to you. It would. And I've got plenty of weird stories where that's happened. But my daughter was the other day, uh, remind me of this, what happened. I, she may tell them this story again, but, um, you know, when Haley and I first got married, we were dating, uh, especially didn't have a whole lot of money. When we first got married, we didn't, I mean, like anybody, when you first get married, most people, you know, you realize, hey, you ain't as cool as you think you are. You know, when you start trying to buy furniture and stuff and, you know, thank God for all this farmhouse style now. It's a lot easier. You know, you new couples ought to be thankful. You can just paint a piece of furniture and it looks great and everybody loves it. Oh, look at that. You know, it wasn't the way it was when we first got married. I wish it would have been. It would have been easy. But, you know, one night we were, uh, so we were eating at, um, and this, I think we were just dating at the time. We weren't married at the time, but uh, it was late. We was coming back from somewhere. I don't know where we were at, but anyway, we stopped by the Waffle House. You know, that's a great place to take your date, guys. Take her to the Waffle House. She will be so impressed. <laughs> it was so late. I think it was the only place open, but we're sitting there. I'm not kidding. We're sitting there eating. I'm eating a smothered, covered, and, you know, whatever. She's over there eating something, and, and this guy is out in the you know, he's in the, whatever that, you know, the area where you eat at. It's not a dining room. It's not that big. So he's there and he's, he's, I'm looking at this guy. He's, it's bugging me the whole time. He's, it's just bugging me. And not like in a, this guy's weird. Let's leave. Like, you need to go talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. I'm at the Waffle House. Do you know what, do, do you know what kind of conversation you're going to get into? If you talk to somebody at the Waffle House at like late at night, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to get into that. I just want to eat my smothered and covered and move on. No, it's, it's bothering me so bad. 
I looked at her. He's walking out the door, and I'm like, if I don't do this now, this could have, I just felt really strongly. I need to go. So I said, hey, can you just hang tight? I'm going to leave her at the Waffle House. (laughs) I walk outside to this guy in the parking lot, trying to get one eye on her, because he's in the Waffle House. I'm watching this late at night, keeping an eye on her and trying to talk to this guy. I literally said something to him to the effect of, hey, man, can can I just, Talk to you a second. Yeah, yeah. I said, hey, I just, I don't know why, but man, I really feel like I'm fumbling over my words. I don't know what to say. What do I say? I don't know. The guy's in Waffle House. He's looking at me like I'm an idiot. Hey, great God. Thanks a lot. You know, I feel like, you know, you, you set me up. <laughs> and, and literally the guy, I said, hey, could I pray with you? I don't know. I just feel like God wanted me to say something to you. I didn't get weird about it. I stumbled over my words. I told him it sounds crazy, but... He looks at me, tears up, and says, thank you so much. You have no idea what I'm dealing with right now. I, he didn't tell me. I prayed with him. He walked off. Now, I don't know whatever happened to that story, but I'm going to tell you something. How I many you know, I don't need to know the story. I know this one thing. God spoke to him. You know, when he left there, he thought, what's the chances? I got the burden of this on my life. I'm torn up inside some Dude is in there eating a smothered covered, leaves his girl in the Waffle House, comes out and talks to me. What's the chances of that? But I'm telling you, God wants to do more of that if we would just listen. And so today, I want to ask you these questions as we wrap up. And I'm closing it with thoughts. So you can, literally, I'm uh, going to pray for you here. But I just want you to think about these questions before we go. What would happen today? Or this week or next week? What would happen? It, what might God do through us if if we trusted the work in us more, what might God be able to do? What might the outcome be if we responded when our spirit was moved? Like those moments when you're moved, you're like, man, I got to do something about this. What would happen? And what might change today if we all believed that God trusted us to actually speak his word to people and he's trusting us to do something with what he's given us? So as we pray today, I want you to consider these things, and I really want you to look to God and ask him, Lord, what are, you, what are you trying to say to me right now? What are you trying to say to me right now? So I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment. As I pray for you, I, I don't know where you're at with this, and I don't know what you're thinking right now. But I will say to you that the Lord wants to work through you. And first and foremost, though, he needs, he needs you to be saved and a Christian. Because, it, you know, if you're not a believer, you, it is going to be very difficult to trust your heart. And so just where you are with your eyes closed, no one's looking. I, I want to pray for you, but if you're in the room and you say, well, Pastor Jody, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm a Christian. I'm not sure I can trust my spirit. And when I say that, you know what I mean by that. When I say trust your spirit, I'm saying God is speaking to your spirit. Trust what the Holy Spirit is putting in your heart. I'm not saying put faith in your own spirit to the point where you out trust yourself more than God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you are trusting God to speak to your spirit. But you're here and you don't know the Lord. You've never experienced Christ. You've never received Christ. You're watching online on the broadcast. You never accepted Jesus as Lord. It is the easiest thing given in all of the scriptures. For a man believes in his heart. Very interesting that he would say this, don't you think? Or in his spirit. Confession is made into salvation. So you're in this room right now. You believe that Jesus is Lord. You believe that he died for your sins. You believe that he was resurrected. The scriptures say this, that any man who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that's what we're going to do right now. The whole church is going to pray, but if you're in this room, you're watching on broadcast, I want you to pray this with us together. We're all going to pray. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today.
And I give you my life. I give you my heart. And I ask you to forgive me and to save me, to make me a child of God. And I receive you today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church? Give me a hand, would you? So proud of you. So very, very proud of you and what you're doing. So on our screens are, are in the seat back in front of you as well. But if you're watching online or you want to do this digitally, two things. If you just pray to receive Christ, we would love to help you get started walking with the Lord. I want you to get into a small group. We start those at the end of the month. We'll share more each week as we go. But connect at cornerstonerealm.com. You can find out more about what we do, who we are, and how we can help you get started walking with Christ. I encourage you to take that first step. If you're a guest with us, you'd love to get to know more about the church, about what we do, who we are. Hey, how can I, you know, get connected in the church? Same card, just fill it out for us, and we will help you uh, get started in that process. Really appreciate you coming out today, being a part of the, 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 the gathering together as we worship God, as we hear from the Lord. And uh, we're going to take a time to pray at the end of church. I, you know, I tr- you know, we have people that will come and pray with you in the church as soon as we dismiss. And if you have something in your heart, you have a need, maybe there's something here that wasn't addressed. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't want to over, um, how do you say this? I don't want to over, um, words are failing me on this. I do not want this to sound super spiritual, but at the same time, I do not want this to sound flippant. But if you're here and there is something in your heart, it is possible the Holy Spirit would say to you, why don't you get prayer today for that? Maybe God has something else for you when we dismiss right down here as we pray. I'm not going to embarrass you, not going to call you out and do anything like that, but we just pray with people at the end of church. So I just feel like that in my heart. Maybe some of you here, I don't know why, but there's something here that maybe wasn't addressed, but it's stirred. What I preached has stirred this up, and you sense, I just need prayer. And I, I want you to come down in just a minute and do that. Let them pray for you, okay? So would you stand with me this morning uh, before I let you go? That's why I was trying to come up with the right words. I didn't want it to sound super spiritual. Like, ooh, it's not that. I also don't want to sound flippant either. I really want you to, I just feel like my heart, there's some of you, you're a savior, you're a believer even. A matter of fact, you're a Christian. I just feel like the Lord is just, there's somebody in here and I don't know what your situation is, but you need prayer. And um, your situation might not change after they pray, but I will tell you this much is true. Uh, these individuals love and care for this church and there's something about when you cast your burden over on the Lord and when you pray with other people. The scriptures say, bear one another's burdens. Prayer is sometimes prayer to God. It is, but sometimes it's just you need to release something. It can affect your ability to just have peace with the Lord right now. And it's not a sin. I don't think it's sin. I just feel like somebody here, you need prayer at the end of church. And so please don't leave without that, okay? I just, I want you to know that, all right? So before we go, I just want to say thanks for your uh, generosity as a church. I, I, I don't know if I showed you this before. I have been running so crazy i feel like but um uh for those of you who gave to help uh, those kids the officers that got these kids like in just a matter of a couple of weeks these little tykes um but i thought i'd show you a picture of this i think we have it up there you know they'll put up in just a second so you can see all these gifts and stuff that y'all did i don't know if i showed you the guys this already i think we might have put on facebook but that's just some of it that y'all did over to the right there's a wall filled with like pampers and diapers and stuff that you guys did and um these, these little guys, such a blessing because these officers, not these officers, these are some of the leadership in the, in the, in our Rome City Police. But the family that got these kids, they, uh, man, it was so quick. 
And you know, it's one thing to have a kid you got six, seven months to prepare for. You get, they got three of them, like in a matter of a few weeks. They had nothing. So thank you all so much. I just wanted you to see that. And uh, the guy on the left, just so you know, that big guy, he's the one that shot me in police uh, pastor training class. He did with a paint bullet, paint bullet, paint bullet. Before we go, he did. I make fun of him all the time with that. I was like, man, you're the one that hit me. So anyway, I just want to say thanks for generosity. Thanks for doing that. And thanks for giving every week. And that's on the screen on how you can do that as well. Before you go, let me just speak this over your life. Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24. And I would just pray this over yourself as well as I say it. Maybe you just say it over your own family right there. But may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you his peace. Man, God bless you guys so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And uh, if you need prayer, come on down front. We'd love to pray with you today. You're dismissed. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.